0: All right, and away we go. Here is another day in paradise. I am coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here in wonderful Las Vegas. This is for the win. And by the way, that's what yesterday was. It was for the win. It was everything that we actually needed. If you were following um, the the U.S. national team's efforts to get into the World Cup, I think they have achieved their objective. And let me explain why. Five to one is the final score against Panama. Christian Pulisic gets his first ever Hat trick, in a national team uniform, a couple of penalty kicks, but still, who cares? Who cares? The third goal. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. I mean, I even got to give it up for someone like Grant Wall, who made the uh, Dennis Burkamp reference, because it's that good. It is that good. So, United States all but in. It is. Uh, there are certain complications that could prevent us from making it to the World Cup, but uh, after a five-one victory, with the fact that the uh, goal difference is the first criteria, uh, we have essentially assured ourselves a spot. 5 nothing would have been better. I'll take 5-1. But in case you're wondering what the, what the hell I'm talking about, the reality is, is the United States can go to Costa Rica and lose, and they are still in the World Cup, and they still come in third place, and they don't have to do the playoff. The only way that they could really, you know, screw this up is to go down there and lose 5 0, which would mean that Costa Rica comes in third and we come in fourth. But the probability, since I've been into that lately, is uh, that's very unlikely that that would be the case. So, congratulations to Greg Burhalter and the United States national team. 5 1 against a lowly Panama. I mean, Godoy had one hell of a day. He just, he, he thought this was like, you know, UFC or something. A couple of penalties. Lucky to stay on the field. He ended up getting a goal at the end, but wow. There's a guy that knows the league. He's, he's played in Major League Soccer for some, some years. But that was, that was fascinating. A couple of really dumb penalty kicks. Really dumb penalty kicks. But thank you. Thank you. I, you know what? We'll take it. That's fine. We, we lived this a couple of years back with Jamaica with a couple of stupid penalty kicks, and we got in thanks to uh, Joe Max Moore uh, and a couple of goals, diving head around a penalty kick. So it's, it's, history has a tendency to rep- uh, repeat itself in these kind of deals. Canada, on the other hand, First World Cup since 1986. Our neighbors to the north. Congratulations up there. I even watched Alfonso Davies. It was brought to tears. Uh, He wasn't with the team, but he was brought to tears watching his team succeed. And that was actually pretty cool. Now, this is what's also interesting about this. That last game for Canada is completely unnecessary. They're in. No matter what, they're in. I'm curious to see how they handle that because if the other results... Get a little screwy, and the United States actually figures something out in Costa Rica, which I don't think they will. Or Mexico fails to to get a victory against El Salvador. It could go one, two, and three. But to be honest with you, everybody out there, as you, if you are a U.S. soccer fan, you don't care for second or third. You'll take it. Who cares? You're in. Last time we didn't have the same kind of ending. We went to Trinidad and Tobago and we could not figure out how to win and walked away, having to think about it for four and a half years. That will not be the case. So the other part of this, and I want to get into the game to a certain extent, and I want to go through one more thing because Costa Rica is in a very unique situation. They have one more game to think about. They have the play-in game, so that that is something that, that you need to understand. So the way this works, as far as the yellow card suspensions, they carry over within the octagon in the intercontinental continental playoff, but not in the World Cup. So only a red card suspension in qualifying carry over to the World Cup. But if, if in a, as far as yellow card accumulation, that's in the game against the United States, those players won't be able to play in the playoff game. So let me make this clear. United States has one more game against Costa Rica. It's a big game to them, and it's also not a very big game to them. Because they're going to finish in fourth. Right? So if they're in fourth and they're in a good spot and Panama doesn't, it gets tricky now. And here's why. Costa Rica currently has nine players sitting on yellow cards. The list of Costa Rica players who would be suspended in the international um, playoff are as follows. So there's Calvo, Campbell, two big players, Borges, Oveda, Ruiz, their captain, Fuller, Venegas, Martinez, and Bennett. So, Think about this. If you're going into that game, which, which uh, against the United States, for all intents and purposes, the United States can lose the game and still, it still achieves their goal of coming in third. It looks like no matter what, Costa Rica is going to have to play that play-in game unless they destroy the United States with four or five goals, which uh, that's not happening. It's just not. But you have to be very careful with the players that you are going to need in that playoff game. You want to put your best foot forward, and you got nine guys on yellows. And it's always a tricky game. If you paid attention to Canada, the last time that they they made the trip down to Costa Rica, the yellow card. Anthony Case has to sit this one out. It's, I don't know. There's something in the water. People get nutty down there. So like, yeah, just, just put your seatbelt on because that, that's going to get tricky. Mexico gets by Honduras, limping by Honduras. Honduras as bad as they are. Mexico was able to defeat them, one nothing. So the top of the table is, is essentially full. And we, we know who's getting, uh, who's, we know who has the best chance of the four to get in and, and the United States, for all intents and purposes, is in the World Cup. They just can't down, go down to Costa Rica and lose four nothing and guess what? That's happened before. I hate to bring that up, but that 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 is a reality so the the job is not done, but uh, the United States looking great now I want to go over the, the a couple of things to to talk about in case in case you missed it Italy is out of this World cup that's two in a row, a late goal from north macedonia and you saw the game. You, you almost your heart is bleeding for Italy. It's just not fair. It's 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 just not. And then as far as those playoffs go, Poland will get Sweden. Portugal gets North Macedonia. It would have been Portugal or Italy sitting this one out, but now it will just be possibly Portugal. Italy is already out. Wales will get uh, Scotland or Ukraine. Of course, uh, that match is delayed due to everything that is going on in Ukraine. As far as the qualifiers. Um, and the African uh, nations, uh, some of the results there. Nigeria and, and Ghana, 0-0. Senegal loses to Egypt. So I'm, my money's on Egypt right now. Algeria and Cameroon. Algeria got the win there. Cameroon's been sputtering of late. Congo gets a, uh, a 1-1 with Morocco. That surprised me. And Tunisia uh, took out Mali. So it's always going to be an, an an interesting piece. Uh, it's, you always say this. You're, we're all waiting for one of these one of these African teams to to rise to the occasion in the world cup and, and really make a strong run for it. A couple of times it has been done. Cameron in 90 was, was a fun one. If you remember that, that they were a great team. that uh, almost were able to, to do something special, but maybe, maybe this go around, it's Egypt. Maybe Egypt can really get their act together. Uh, even though they lost the African cup of nations in, in a tricky form. I, I still think most Salah might be a, uh, might be a guy that could galvanize that group. Now, the, one more thing before I go back to the U.S. team, because I do want to talk about the U.S. team. I want to talk about Paul Ariel. I want to talk about Fedena. I, I th- These are two guys that play for FC Dallas and have been taking more heat than anybody that I've, I've, I've seen over the course of, uh, I don't know, a couple of decades. I don't think we've ever had our national team players attacked the way that these two have been attacked publicly. I mean, it was almost as bad as uh, Will Smith last night with Chris Rock. That was fun. Man. Just walked straight up and smacked him in the face. In case you missed that, go find that on YouTube. But that, that's, that's going to be fun. But I don't like the way that these two have been treated. And the way that they played last night, the way that they delivered in a, in a, in a massive moment was very impressive to me. I text messaged uh, Paul Ariel this morning. We, we had a little conversation. And I told him to be proud, and he deserves to be proud. It's incredible to me that, that we can't, you know, not to quote Jesse Marsh here, but we got to get behind our team. We got to get behind our team. I'm going to talk about that in a, in a flash because there were some unbelievable performances yesterday. I don't think Panama was great on the day. I don't think Zach Steffen was great on the day. I still think, I still think we need to talk about the goalkeeping position. But all in all, I want to talk about the U.S. team in a flash. I do want to go back to Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal is actually you know, making some comments about Ten Hagen, who's going to be the new coach of Manchester United. By the way, three months ago, I told everybody that, that Ralph Arnick is not going to be the coach of Manchester United and with the manager, he's going to take a little, you know, cozy spot up there in the uh, in the rafters. Uh, by the time summer comes around, I'm not trying to say this because I, I'm I'm saying, hey, I was right about something. The reality is, listening to what Louis Van Gaal said, it really opens up a can of worms here, and and it's the first guy, and we saw him before. He's had some criticisms of Qatar, and he doesn't like the way FIFA commercializes the world cup. He doesn't, he doesn't agree with a lot of things and he's Dutch. So he's going to say it. He's going to, he's just, that's, that's always who he has been. Whether you like him or hate him, the, the, the guy is true to himself. He, he will say it. And, and one of the, this is his quote. I think that Hag is a great coach. I've said this multiple times. A great coach is good for Manchester United, but Manchester United is a commercial club. Those are difficult choices for a coach as a coach you would prefer a football club that's kind of a wow because he's he's he says manchester united is not a football club it's a commercial club and it, it kind of alludes to some of the the, the issues that 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 uh, louis van hal had if you can remember way back when he actually was the manager of manchester united and of course he he had his arguments with the way things were done and uh, this, this is really something that I, I think if you really are looking at Ralph Reineke, he is a genius. He has come in, said, I'll take the hit for six months. That's about all I need. And then I'll, t- I'll, I'll move to a, a better position, a much more comfortable position than oversee, you know, who, who will be actually on the sidelines and have to go to all these press conferences and have to get uh, his ass kicked on a weekly basis. Because this club is a commercial club with a bunch of football fans supporters who wanted to be a football club again, but it has gone the wrong direction as far as Louis Van Heller is con- uh, concerned. It's is, it is an interesting point. And he was in charge of this club for only you know, two and a half, three years. He was there uh, 2014, 2016. Uh, he's the same age as me, by the way. Uh, that bothers me. I don't know who looks better, Louis Van Heller or me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's got those big cir- circles under his eyes. I don't have those. But it's interesting how much experience that man has as a manager at that age. It really is. He's been around. This guy has certainly been around. The last bit of news before I go back to the U.S. team is Christian Erickson. We all remember how horrible that was to see the cardiac arrest on the on the field, revived by one of his teammates. A lot of uncertainty around, you know, what his future. Held in, and was he ever going to play again? Comes back, you know, and now we've, we've seen him have some good performances for, for Brentford and now scores his first goal after coming back. And it was a very emotional moment for just the whole soccer community to see that. And it was a typical goal, you know, for, for him. It was just a right footer in the corner, but, you know, it meant so much more than that to a lot of people, to a lot of people. So, I, you know, congratulations to, to Christian, even though I spelled your name incorrectly the other day on Twitter. I don't know why I put an O in there. I know it's an E. Anybody else do that? Anybody else go on Twitter and then you know your you spell check takes over and then somebody calls you or text messages you a couple of, you know, you spelled that wrong. There's nothing. I, I, don't, it's, I think there's a lot of things more embarrassing than that, but I certainly don't to it very often. It's Eric Sen with a K, S-E-N, not S-O-N. But for some reason, I got some settings that are a little bit awry when, I, when it comes to Twitter. I got to figure that out. All right, let's go back to the U.S. performance. The US national team needed a win. And I think that that was, you know, without, without saying, we needed big performances from, from some of our key guys. And when the lineup came out, when I first saw the lineup, I didn't really have a reaction to it. I, and, and here's why. Here's why. And, and here's what I would encourage most of you out there who have this inclination that you know better than Greg Berhalter. For some reason, you think that you can watch a couple of games and not know these people, not know their character, no, not not know how much they're working or how much that they are are ex- accepting uh, the, the style of play and or the, the the philosophies of the manager that you know better that you think that there's some sort of conspiracy theory as to why this guy is on the team and others aren't. Whether you're being the Euro snob guy that thinks that Josh Sargent should play instead of uh, Paul Areola, just simply because. He plays for an MLS team, and you think that Greg Berhalter has done a deal with Don Garber, and that means that a certain number of players has to play in the World Cup qualifiers because it's some sort of backhand or under the table deal. I hate to disappoint you, but that's just not true. And the criticisms that that that, that Pari, uh, Paul Ariola has has really taken is not really for his, his performances, but it just seems that we wait for any sign of failure out of this kid. And then it's suddenly turned into 10, 20 times worse if somebody else were to do it. I don't know where the hatred's coming from. I, I, don't, I don't know why that we can't, under these circumstances, trust the idea that our, we have a lot of smart people as coaches working to figure out how we're going to break down Panama. And if you watched... Um, last week we we did get a, um, a hat trick out of Ferreira and it was a good hat trick. If you watch the game, his movement is good. This is always a guy that played the 10 that is now, you know, playing in the nine. But if you watch the goals that he scored for his club, he starts the play and finishes the play. And he makes a late run that I think that he's now getting accustomed to it. In in the past, maybe he would have Broken off that run, he would have probably, you know, cut into the midfield and made sure that he was available. Or maybe he was the pass before the pass or sometimes the final pass, but not really the finishing piece. That's just, that's just the way he played. Now he's a false nine that's been told get it wide, get it, in, get in, get in front of the goal. Just that mentality alone that we saw through Paul and uh, Fadetta or that, and the fact that they are playing well together, that they're assisting and scoring goals for their club made sense in this game. But man, you would have thought it was so interesting to see how the haters on Twitter just shut the hell up after it was three, nothing. They just, there, there was nothing to say like, Oh, I can't believe that these two are playing. I was like, why watch and learn? Has that ever been something that, that you could, you could maybe put into your ideas that you don't know everything? It is amazing to me I, I, the, the, how smart our fan base think they are and how stupid they actually are. I mean, literally not knowing anything at times. And some of their comments, it, it, half of me believes that, that, that these are just people that go on there to get a reaction. There's no way they really truly believe what they just wrote or their, their, their overall hatred for something else, let's say you just don't like the structure of Major League Soccer, it doesn't give you the, the right to just hate one of its players. Just because they're, they're, they're playing within a team within that system, that's not, that's not the player's fault. We, we know how this went down. We, we, we know you know with, when it comes to even Kellen Acosta or Areola, they basically have been saying they want to go to Europe, but they couldn't get to Europe. Now, there's reasons why they didn't get there, because nobody wanted them. They, they weren't a good fit for some of the clubs that they were trying to get to, and certainly the league what made them hell of a lot more expensive than they actually are. So a deal didn't get done. That doesn't mean that Ariel is not a good player. Watching his movement and watching the, the goal that he scored yesterday, he, was, he factored in on the assist, but the way he played yesterday, right? And he and he took a, a smash to the face, and he kept going. I I text messaged him, and and I'm, I mean, I, you know what? I'll read you the text. This is this is this is my text message to him because um, I'm forgetting what I what I actually said. But it, it was somewhat heartfelt because and, and I and I and I mean that I I think it's 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 so important that that you know being a guy like me who's played for my country and knows how hard that is and know how hard it can be. This is what. I wrote to him. I said, awesome, simply awesome. I don't know you because I don't. But I respect the hell out of you today. Keep going and don't let the negative people ever derail you from your objectives. Be proud. You deserve to be. Well done. And he wrote back, thanks, Eric. Greatly appreciate the message. And I will always keep going this bump. That's a national team player in my book. It just is. What do you want from your national team players? You want them to represent the shirt, right? You want them to play hard. And then you do everything that you can as a supporter to make it more difficult on them. I'm not too sure you guys know what that word means. I think we need to go look up the word supporter. And know, know we know what fan means. It, it comes from fanatic. Don't be a fanatic. Support your team. There's been plenty of reasons to, to, to get critical here. I get it. I get it. And But to come out of that tie uh, against Mexico with a game, a game that we, we possibly could have won. And I, and I, and I want to thank all the people who have been listening to this podcast who went on Twitter that actually listened to the podcast and now understand why Pifok missed, understand why some of the things happened in that game that, that made it look a little trickier than it, than it was because that's a hard place to play and the elevation does affect you, not just physically. The physiological effect that it has on your body is one thing, but mentally it is hard. It's hard. And it is actually one and the same. If you ever watch players who play in, in Azteca and they're dealing with the elements, the, the click out moments aren't in the run of play. They're not. It's not like your body just breaks down in the middle of a run and says, I can't do this anymore. What happens, which is really strange, is if you do a recovery run of 60 yards or you, you had a play that was you had to put a lot into it and now you've sprinted back for 60 yards and it's a corner kick for them. I don't know why, but the human body is trying to readjust. And in those moments, you'll see players click out. Corner kicks, set pieces, lose your man, misjudge a ball. It all happens after, in the aftermath of a recovery run or an offensive run. And then this, this, this whole thing with, with a great setup from, from Reyna and, and Pifok misses the, the ball completely. And people are saying, oh my God, how is that possible? You know, you know, when people say, how is that possible? What I want to say to them is, all right, dummy, let's take a little flight. And let's see if we can get access to Azteca or anywhere in Mexico. And then what I want you to do is to run from one corner flag to the next and then sprint out to the top of the eighteen, and I'm going to roll a ball to you, and all I want you to do is shoot. You're going to flip and miss so bad, and you're going to have no idea why. You're just not going to have. You're just basically going to say, "Well, wait, hold on, let me try that again. I don't know what happened." Welcome to a second. So let's not beat up uh, P. Folk for that that, that that miss. That that P. Is, is is a player that's been putting the ball away, and it's a different place. It's raining sometimes over there. You know, sometimes you've, you know you're playing in the fog for crying out loud. The only thing that was foggy on that play was his, was, was his mind and the fact that the ball came in quicker than he, that it was supposed to. But if we look at the performances that, that have essentially assured our, our admission to the World Cup, uh, and this 5-1, this is a, this is a 5-1 that Greg Berholter can really just sit back and doesn't have to answer any questions right now. It, you know, it, When it comes to, if I were him, you know, people want to criticize selection. I think the only answer to to that is, oh, thanks for the question. I think we got it right. Next question. Because they did get it right. And some of you, I mean, you know, there's so many of you out there that are going to argue, well, anybody could have done that. No, no, anybody couldn't have done that. This was a masterclass in selection. This was a masterclass in performance. And the first hat trick for Christian Pulisic needs to be celebrated. That third goal was absolutely amazing. And it was such it was a dagger. It was a dagger. I watched that with my son and I love 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 the fact that a goal like that can be celebrated by a kid who says, "You know what? That's an American." It was a very cool deal. It was a very cool deal. So the United States um, you know on on, the, on this performance is, is getting in philosophical, you know, to the nines. That was un- unbelievable. Give some credit to Luca Della Torre. I have been very adamant about his inclusion in this team. I think that the, we don't have a lot of players who can find the, the, the between the lines pass and break lines the way this guy does. Even on the um, on Ferreira's goal, it's the pass behind that ends up getting it to the line that gets gets it to Areola. He gets kind of you know. To turn in his, in his shot, but the ball ends up you know, right on the doorstep. It's the play before the play. That's the exciting part about what De La Torre can do. You've had a bunch of people say, oh, defensively, he's not so good. That's just, that's just your misunderstanding of what transitional moments look like. Not his misunderstanding. He is taking risks that he's been t- is told to make in certain parts of the field. So you said, why is he diving in? Well, he's not. He's actually in the middle of a plan. So back off a little bit on that. But the moments that, that I was impressed with is when we did, you know, in the transitional moment going forward, we, this guy finds the right pass. I was a little disappointed with his unwillingness to shoot because I think he actually could have had a goal yesterday if, if he wasn't trying so hard to be the pass guy. He's been told to play that way. and I think he was trying too hard to fit into this group. But all in all, what a performance. Musa was pretty good. Tyler Adams, that's, 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 that, you know, let's just say it. He's he's fantastic for for this this phase. Is he, how is he going to play in a, in a real World Cup against uh, real teams with with um, a little bit more energy and so a little bit more power in there? Who knows? He's he's in a good spot though. He's playing you know his his football in a in a, in a place where he can continue to to hone in on that. But I thought that was pretty good. Robinson and Robinson again. I, I, you know, criticize Robinson all you want in his defending ability, but you know he's he's he has a pretty damn. Um Good partnership now, and there was a lot of uh, Shackmore was 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 getting destroyed for uh his inclusion in this deal, but at the end of the day, it was the right choice. so the reason why I'm saying all that, and then Reina stays on the bench but comes on and, and has, has, has has a couple of good, good moments there. you know, long comes in at the end that there, there, there was a you know I, I'm not happy with Stefan's performance I'm really not I just think he's I just feel more secure with Horvath or Turner for that matter, but Horvath. And I, and when he went down, you know, that was the, that was the moment where is this shoulder really all the way there yet? And, and maybe it's not, maybe he, maybe he's got a big ice bag on his shoulder right now. Maybe we're going to see Horvath in the last game. I don't know. I'm not happy with him. Just makes me nervous. And that's okay to say. I mean, I think, look, I mean, you have to have a sense of security. You know, the guy's going to make stops and, when you keep dropping the damn ball in our six, I mean, that play, believe it or not, reminded me so much of the misjudged ball over the summer, which resulted in, in Sargent saving it off the line. But it's, it, it's, he seems to have some problems with his game. And, and it's, it's, you, you, these, are, these are the kind of games, these are, these are the moments where you cannot afford uh, to have you know, one of those, those glaring blunders. Uh, and he almost did. He almost did. Should have been 5-0, five, five but it's, I'm, you know, I can't blame him for the goal, but I, I will say this. He's not, uh, he's not our best goalkeeper. And m- maybe that's the only thing that I could, I could be critical of. Outside of that, give it up for Greg. All those Berthold are out. Man, this is a big game. It took a lot of preparation to get to that point. And the reality is is that he selected the right guys in a game that we needed to get it right. And we didn't just get it right. We got it, we, we, we got it perfect. So off we go. We have uh, one more game to play. That is against Costa Rica. Let me remind everybody, I don't think we've won a game down there in 30 years, but it doesn't even matter. We can lose and we're still getting in. So raise a glass if you are a fan of the United States national team. That's it for me today. I know that's a short one, uh, but I got to go continue to celebrate the United States national team. Looks like they're making it to the World Cup. First time in a long time we get to say that. Be good out there. See ya.